0: listening to the living room, living, north. Room north. Living, room living room north living room north podcast Hey, what's up, TLR fam? Uh, Thanks so much for having me tonight. As you've heard, my name's Heath, and I'm so excited uh, to be here with you guys uh, tonight. Uh, First of all, I just want to say great job to Denim and the contestants. Say you guys were awesome and made tonight a ton of fun. So thanks for being such good sports and making this really easy and fun night uh, to not only give your time to, but also to be able to bring a friend to. Hey, I'm excited to wrap up the final week of our series, the games we play here tonight. Uh, and, you know, I started thinking about, I had a little bit of, a, of PTSD uh, watching the, the blindfolded Bachelorette earlier. Uh, as I was watching, you know, uh, Denim, you made your selection and you and contestant number three shared. What I think we can all agree was a moment here. You know, they had that like moment where, you know, I, honestly, like I had flashbacks. Like, you know, earlier, I think they showed the picture of uh, of eighth grade me. Oh, man, look at that looker. Anytime you can wear a Hard Rock Cafe shirt on picture day, you got to do it, fam. Uh, So, you know, I had flashbacks to this guy because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago in my mind. I mean, in reality, it has been a long time. But it wasn't that long ago in my mind that this guy was in that moment, right? It was in that weird middle school Valentine's dance. Where, you know, you're going, you're having a good time, you're Cupid shuffling along with all of your friends. And then there's this turn in the night where the light's kind of (laughs) dim. The DJ pauses before he slowly fades in. What to every middle school boy has gotta be their worst nightmare. It's the slow song time. And as soon as it happens, the, the music comes on in the room, parts like Moses in the Red Sea where all the guys go and get on this wall and all the girls go get on this wall. And the game begins. Who's gonna be the brave souls that come to the middle to share a moment, just like we saw down here on this floor earlier, share a moment of awkwardness and braces and body odor. Like who's gonna be the brave souls that step forward and, and, and embrace in what we saw you guys demonstrate so well, the locked arms, locked knees, hip sway, that is middle school dances. Maybe right now you guys are having PTSD to something that happened not too long ago. Or, and, and for me, I, I look back and I was one of those awkward middle school boys that was like, I'm not going, like I'm not going to get turned down. All my insecurities are raging and I'm terrified. And eventually we get to the point of the night where, you know, it's like, okay, We've done a couple of these now, I think I can try. And the one thing I had going for me, guys, the one thing I had going for me is probably the one thing I still have going for me. I was taller than most of the girls. And in middle school, that just seems to be so important because all the girls are taller than the guys. And so I I look back at this and at this time, and I was like, hey, that's the beginning, right? Like those are the years that the games begin. Well, tonight I uh, hopefully can begin to shed some lights on uh, the situation pun intended, uh, that, that, that hopefully you can look at the games that we play in relationships, like right? with Valentine's Day this week, relationships are on the forefront of so many people's minds. Uh, and I was just thinking like, hey, how do we, how do we you know, focus on the, the games we play in terms of relationships? Because at this stage in life, you're no longer in middle school, you, you've, got, you've survived high school, and you're in a stage of life where you know the games, right? Like you know the games that people play in relationships. In fact, some of you have been played by the games that people play in relationships. And if we're honest, some of you guys are the players in the game. Well, the old saying goes, don't hate the player, hate the game. Tonight, I'm gonna bring to you guys 10 games, 10 games to play if you want to guarantee yourself some relationship baggage. If you want to have terrible relationship after terrible relationship, bomb after bomb of dates, you know, you know broken heart after broken heart. Hey, I've got 10 games for you guys to play. These are 10 games that are sure fired gonna give you a terrible romance life. So without further ado, I've got 10 to get through. So I'm gonna move kind of fast. Uh, 10, 10 games to play to guarantee yourself some relational baggage. Let's start with number one a uh, game you're all familiar with, Simon Says. It's the game, that, you know, when you date because everyone else says so. You guys are familiar with Simon Says. You do whatever Simon Says in the game. And, and you're at a stage in life where people begin to date. Maybe you came here tonight to, to support your friend Denim. And, and, you know, she's trying to score a date with one of these lucky guys. And you're like, well, maybe I can, you know, come in and swoop up one of the ones she doesn't pick, right? Like, like everyone else is doing it. And I feel, I feel pressure that I should be dating. Uh, you know, everybody begins to like put pressure on you. And the worst is for me, at least, when I was in the same, stage of life was my family. You know, my mom was like, well, when are you going to have a girlfriend? Who are you going to bring home, son? You're 25. Where's your your relationship? You know, know 30's coming. You're not in your prime anymore, son. Like it's this, this situation where people begin to put pressure on you. So you begin to date, not because you're ready, not because you have an attraction to someone, not because you have any kind of connection, but because you feel like you're supposed to. If that's the reason that you step into a dating relationship, it might work out for you. But it also could be a dangerous game to play that, hey, I'm just here because I feel like I'm supposed to. Uh, If you're on the receiving end of that kind of relationship, if you've ever been in a relationship with someone like that before, it usually doesn't go great. Because the whole idea is you don't date because you're supposed to or because someone said you should be dating. You date because you're ready to find someone to spend your life with. And especially at the stage of life that so many of you guys in the room are in, is that, hey, these games aren't just games anymore. This is like reality. You're beginning to try to figure out who you're gonna like settle down and, and give your life to. So don't just date because you like you're supposed to. Date because you have someone that you want to give your precious time to. So game number one, Simon says. Game number two, I spy. You guys know that game, right? It's like I spy with my little eye a cutie that I'm trying to get a number tonight, right? Like this, this is when you date only based on physical appearance. Now physical appearance is, is great and it's one thing to be attracted to someone. But if that's all there is, that relationship isn't going far. Maybe some of you have experienced this before. You began to date someone because you found them attractive. And then you, you know, started spending time with them or you tried to get to know them or you spent time talking to them and, and you began to realize like, Oh, that's all there is, right? Like the lights are on, but nobody's home. Like have you ever been in those types of relationships where uh, it's like, hey, that, that's all they bring to the table is they're good looking. Like my Insta is gonna be popping when I start posting pictures of me and them on there. But in reality, like I kind of hate spending time with them. Like that's a terrible way to spend a relationship. Some of you are like, hey, at the, at the stage that I'm at, honestly, that sounds pretty good. At least I'd have somebody to post about, right? On Valentine's day, maybe that's where you're at, but I promise you it's better to not have someone than to have someone who you're just attracted to. There's gotta be some kind of deeper connection. And, and at this stage of life and at this stage of, of being in relationships with somebody, there's gotta be some, something there beyond just, hey, I find him attractive. Hey, I just find her good looking. Like there's gotta be something deeper than that for the relationship to work out long-term. Because if not, you're just gonna go from good-looking person to good-looking person to good-looking person to good-looking person. And with you, you're gonna continue to carry more and more and more baggage into the next relationships unless you find somebody who you have a genuine, real connection with. Uh, the Bible talks about this. is like, hey, this isn't just a good idea. This is something that, that actually we get from God himself. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse seven, it says, the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. If you're, if you're interested in someone and you begin to pursue a relationship with someone, you need to really begin to explore who they are on the inside as much as how much you enjoy looking at them on the outside. Because that's exactly what God does to us. God doesn't judge us based off how we look on the outside. And trust me, eighth grade Heath is so thankful for God for that. But at the same time, God looks at our heart and, and, and judges our motivations and who we are. And it and, and essentially like uh, encourages us to, to be the kind of person that our heart reflects. And so as you begin to step into relationships, don't play the I spy game. Don't just go after people who you find attractive. Go after people whose hearts are good and pure and the kind of hearts, that, the kind of people that you wanna spend more and more time with. Uh, game number three is uh, the classic game Jenga. You guys have all played Jenga before. Uh, Jenga is when you date someone with different values or beliefs and it creates a shaky foundation. If you've ever been in a relationship where you're like, ah, you know, we don't agree on everything or, you know, I, family's a big deal for me, but, you know, she doesn't really ever spend time with her family. Or, or maybe like, hey, I, I enjoy spending time with him and he just doesn't seem to have time for me. Or like, we heard from the, the blindfolded bachelorette, like, hey, what are you looking for in someone? They all said, hey, I'm looking for someone who's a Christian. Like they want to have shared values. Because if not, if you begin a relationship with people who have different values, different belief systems, you're instantly like the game Jenga. You guys have all played Jenga before. You're instantly pulling out some of the blocks on the bottom and the the thing is shaky from the get-go. It's almost doomed from the get-go if you're built on a foundation that's shaky from the start. And again, the Bible talks about this, about like, hey, you want to be in in relationship and you want to like commit your life to people who essentially have the same values and beliefs as you. Because ultimately, if you don't, it's going to be really difficult for you to make it work and i know some of you have heard this before or or maybe you've maybe let's not put it on you but you've had that friend it's like hey girl don't go out with him he is trouble right like you do not want any of him in your life he's just going to lead you down a bad path and what we've all had that friend that convinces us and tries to convince themselves he's like yeah but if i could just get him to come to church with me right if he would just come to me to tlr on wednesday nights i know i can change him right but the bible says literally the exact opposite in first corinthians 15 it says do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. In fact, more often than not, it's the other way around, right? Like, like the, the term that people throw out is missionary dating. It's like, well, once they date me, a good Christian kid, uh, this other person, they're gonna change for the better. They're gonna begin to get a faith of their own. They're gonna, they're gonna see God in me and they're gonna want to pursue a relationship with him. In reality, time after time, that does not work. If you're telling yourself that here in this room tonight, please get out of that relationship because more often than not, it's the other way around that person is gonna lead you down a path further and further away from God. And so we don't wanna start a foundation on a shaky, or start a relationship on a shaky foundation because ultimately it's gonna all crumble and fall. And once again, you take more and more baggage into your next relationship. Uh, The next game you may be tempted to play is this one, uh, Monopoly, a very famous game. And it's when you make everything in the relationship all about you. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced someone like that uh, in, you know, Psychology for all the psychology majors in the room, we call them narcissists. Uh, but for many of you, you call them exes. And so in, in, the, in the reality of this world, it's the people who in the relationship, they don't think about anyone other than themselves. They are pursuing in the relationship, everything to f- fit their needs, to meet what they want the relationship to be. And ultimately they don't have time for you. And this is really sad and this is really heartbreaking because in a relationship, it's supposed to be a give and take. In fact, the word relationship implies that two people are coming and working together to to have this like shared dynamic. And so if one person is making it all about them, the thing is doomed from the start. This is a game that people play when they're insecure about who they are and that they use people to make themselves feel better through through the lens of a relationship. And so you don't want to play this game of monopoly because ultimately what it teaches people is that they can use people in order to make themselves feel better or in order to meet some kind of need that they feel like they have. And so if you're in that type of relationship or if you're a person who's tempted to be in that type of relationship as the monopolizer, uh, please don't date work on yourself for a while, learn how to be a little more selfless. Uh, you know, our, our lead pastor, Andy Stanley says that relationships should be a submission competition where each person in the relationship is putting the other person's needs ahead of their own so that both of your needs are, be, are being met, but ultimately each of you are, are being taken care of. And it's not a thing that, that one person is making it all about them. Paul says it this way in Philippians chapter two, he says, do nothing, including dating, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Paul's not specifically talking about dating in this this context, but you can apply that same logic to every relationship you're in. And especially if you call yourself a Christian, that's the way that we're supposed to be living our lives in general. And so why wouldn't you wanna bring that posture of humility and about putting somebody else's needs ahead of yourself in a relationship? And if you're in a relationship where the other person isn't reciprocating that back, maybe it's time to end that relationship because that person is all about themselves and monopolizing y'all's relationship. So that's number four. Number five uh, is a game called Pictionary. Now for me, I am terrible at Pictionary. I can't draw. I don't have an artistic bone in my body. And so every time when I get a word in Pictionary, I start drawing it. And in my mind, I know what it looks like. And I have these unrealistic, crazy expectations that my team is gonna be able to understand what my drawing is. And time and time again, they are wrong and I am wrong and we lose because I'm terrible at Pictionary. And Pictionary is when you have impossible expectations. And maybe some of you have been in this road before too, where you go into a relationship and you expect the other person to complete you. In fact, if you've seen any kind of romantic comedy, that's basically the plot to all of them. You're welcome. I just saved you hours of Hallmark Channel. And so essentially if there's, there are people that believe that if I can meet with the right person, if I can find Mr. Right, if I can meet Miss Right, then I know that I will be better, that my life will be made whole, that I will be more complete, that this, this hole inside of me will ultimately be filled and I will no longer feel empty inside. And so the idea is if that's the expectation as you go into a relationship, you're gonna be disappointed. Because here's the truth, each and every one of us were created on purpose for a purpose and that purpose was not to necessarily be in a relationship with somebody else. We were created on purpose, uh, for a purpose, and on purpose to be in a relationship with God. And so if you begin to put anybody in a place in your life where only God was meant to be, that relationship is doomed from the start. And you're going to carry more and more baggage into future relationships because people bring impossible expectations. If I can find the right person to meet my needs, if I can find the right person to make me happy, then I know everything will be okay. That's an illusion. That's a lie. That's not going to happen. And in fact, for some people— a season of singleness, Paul calls the singleness a gift. Most people view singleness as a burden that they have to bear. But Paul calls it a gift that you actually can, can, can carry into a certain season of life because what it does is it might free you from some unmet expectations so that when you are, do step into a relationship, you don't have impossible expect, expectations for someone else to meet because there's no perfect people in this world. Ladies, there is no perfect guy in, that just needs to step into your life and f- fulfill all your hopes and dreams like in like Snow White or something. Like, like guys, there's no perfect girl that's gonna like, you know, just wait on you hands and foot and let you play Xbox with the boys on Saturday night. Like that's just not gonna happen. There's no perfect people. Paul says so much in Romans chapter three. He says that uh, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Basically he says, hey, if you're looking for the right person, if you're looking for Mr. Perfect or Miss Perfect, those are unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. They're not gonna be met. You're going to be disappointed and you're ultimately going to put someone in a place that they can never live up to. And it's going to create more and more relationship baggage. Game number six is this, uh, Cards Against Humanity. You guys know Cards Against Humanity. Y'all have played that before. Don't lie. Come on, don't lie. You know that game. It's when it feels good, even if you know it's wrong. Pause for effects. When it feels good, even when you know it's wrong. So often relationships become overly physical too soon. And now I know this is a church setting and people are already ex- already nervous and ex- you know expecting on what I'm about to say. But in reality, so often people's relationships become too physical too quickly. And what happens is, is because we're all ingrained with this DNA within us to desire intimacy and to, to desire to like, you know, physically you know, connect with another person that we jump into sexual relationships so fast that the relationship itself cannot carry the weight of that relationship. Because sex is not just physical, it is mental, it is emotional, it is spiritual, it is relational. It is all encompassing of your body. And if you're, in, if you're in a relationship with somebody that doesn't have the kind of connection that can hold up the weight of, of, of sexual, being sexually active with them, the relationship is gonna crumble under the weight of that. And I know so often the church gets such a bad reputation on our stance on this, but I'll tell you this, I've been doing ministry for a long time and I've counseled many people who are heartbroken and oh my gosh, I can't believe my relationship just ended, my life is crumbling and, 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 and everything is falling apart and I'm so miserable and blah, blah, blah. And not once, not one time ever have they said, gosh, we never had sex. I just wish we would have. Now that, now that it's over, I just wish we would have done that too. You know, like on top of the heartbreak that I now carry into the rest of the relationships in my life, I also wish I had that burdened with me. No, time and time again, what I've heard is the exact opposite of like, I can't believe this didn't work out. I'm so embarrassed. I, I feel so much shame in my life because we got too physical too quick and now it's over. And I feel guilty. I feel bad. I carry shame with me. So when the Bible says things like in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 it says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. He's saying like, hey, we're not telling you not to have sex because it's bad for you or it doesn't feel good. God created sex. God made it what it is. He calls it a gift. But he's like, but if you're in a relationship that can't withstand the burden that is sex, you're hurting yourself. Regardless of what it does to the other person, Like you're just damaging and wounding your future self unless you're in the type of relationship. That's why God puts it in the context of marriage because a marriage relationship, you've committed to one another for life. You've trusted one another so that you know, it can withhold the burden that sex is. Now, I know that's super uncomfortable for everybody, but at the same time, I feel like the church needs to explain itself a little bit better at times when it talks about why we shouldn't be sexually active and, and just that treat you know, sex as something that's like, ah, it feels good, do it. Like, who really cares? Everyone you know, is pursuing this. Well, there's a reason. And there's a reason people carry so much baggage into future relationships because they haven't listened to what God's intent for the thing that he created in the beginning. Game number seven, fishbowl. You have guys have played fishbowl before. There's like three rounds, right? You, everybody puts a bunch of names in a, a bowl. You pull a name out and then you describe it and they have to guess it. And then you, you go a second round, same names. Second time around, you get one word. And they try to guess it. And third time around, you act it out and they try to guess it. Uh, fishbowl is all about communication. That's the whole name of the game, fishbowl, is communication. So when you... Uh, the the game that I'm talking about in fishbowl is when you communicate only when it is convenient for you. We've all been in these type of relationships, right? Like guys, you're like, oh yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll text her on the weekends and, and see if she's, been, you know, do you want to hang, right? Girls, please tell guys, hey, the worst text that you can send me is, what are you up to? Hey, you know, it's 10 p.m. You up, question mark? Like <laughs> guys, we got to communicate better than this. And ladies, at the same time, like, you're going you to have a, a, a fair expectation on guys, right? Like, like until he puts a ring on it, like he has another life outside of you. He's not going to be at your waiting call just being like, oh, I have nothing to do. I hope she tells me that she needs me today. Like, like they have their own life too. What we have to get better at is communicating expectations, communicating, hey, this is when I think we should hang out this week. Hey, this is when I'm free. Hey, when, when can we make time for each other? And communicating in a way that is mutually beneficial, not just when it's convenient for you because everybody has a different opinion. Me, I'm personally, I'm more introverted. My wife is extremely extroverted. So we have to work really hard at this because every night I'm like, long day. I've used a lot of words. I wanna sit on the couch and use no more, right? And my wife is like, oh my gosh, work is over. What do you wanna do tonight? It's gonna be so much fun. Like, Like, and she just wants to go and do all the things. And we have to like manage our expectations so that neither one of us drains or murders the other one, right? And so communication can be vitally important in relationship. It can't be what you want it to be. You have to be on the same page with the person in your relationship with. Game number eight. I'm running out of time. Uh, chess. I have no idea to this day what any of the strategies are on chess. I think I've learned the name of all the pieces, but I have no idea what the strategies of chess are. Most of you approach dating relationships like I approach chess. I think I know have some general idea of what's supposed to happen, but I have no strategy on how to get there. So chess is when you have no plan and expect it to work out. That's basically how I play chess. I get on there and be like, oh, the horsey, it moves like an L, right? Like like that's, that's essentially how I play chess. If that's how you play dating, if that's the game that you play in relationships, you're gonna set yourself up for failure. You're gonna have a bad time when you have no plan and expect it to work out, right? Like, I mean, I even thought, where's denim? Denim, awesome question that you asked. You said, hey, it's our first date. What's the itinerary? Awesome, like, hey, Come with a plan, right? Like, like, let's have an idea. Don't just say, hey, do you wanna hang out tonight? Like, hey, tell me what you wanna do. And guys, y'all had, some of the guys had great answers. I think sometimes we treat the plans like they have to be these grand gestures or, hey, we're gonna go down to the city and spend hundreds of dollars on dinner. It's like, no, that doesn't have to be what it is. You just have to have a plan. I'd like to, one of the guys answers was like, hey, we'll just can go have a picnic. Picnics are pretty cheap, right? Like you don't have to have these. like you don't have to spend a ton of money to have a plan. You can go on a hike or go on a walk in a park and create some kind of intentional time together. It doesn't have to break the bank, but it does need to be intentional. So don't play the game of chess where you just know how it's supposed to look and hope it works out. Have a plan and work the plan and communicate clearly on what your expectations are. Game number nine, hide and seek. Great kids game, terrible relationship game. It's when you ghost out instead of talking like a grown up. If you've ever been ghosted in a relationship, it sucks, right? Like I was literally, I mean, I am a grown man, 27 years old. I'd been dating a girl for four months and she just stopped talking to me cold turkey. And I called her multiple times, texted her, all the things. And finally I called and left a voicemail. I was like, hey, if you want to break up with me, can you at least tell me, right? Like, I I don't think that's unfair just to be like, hey, let me in on the decision that you've made about the relationship that we're in because it feels uncomfortable. And if you guys have ever been ghosted in a a relationship or maybe you're just talking or maybe you're trying to figure out if you want to date, this feels terrible. In fact, Jesus talks about this. Well, sort of. He says it in Matthew chapter 7. He says, so in everything, everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. And I guarantee you, none of you guys, if you've ever been ghosted in a relationship, and especially if you've caught feelings and you think things are going great and then it's just silence, it feels terrible. Please don't do that. If you're old enough to be in a dating relationship, you're old enough to have a grown-up conversation when it's over, right? Like that's just the reality of where we are of, hey, like if it's not working out, just say, hey, it's not working out. We should see other people. They might cry. It's okay. They'll get over it. The thing is, is you don't wanna just have nothing. Nothing feels terrible. Do more than nothing, anything more than nothing. I had a joke, I'm not gonna say. All right, number 10, last one. I gotta get through to the end. Last one, number 10, uno. When you're looking for the one. Now this might just be my advice. I don't have a a, a ton of like, hey, this is exactly what what I think God is. For me personally, I don't believe in the one. I don't believe that there's a, a one out there. I believe that in your life, God has created you to be compatible with certain people. And there are certain people that will come into your life at the right time Certain people come in your your life at the wrong time where, hey, maybe if it was a different time, it could have worked out. But I don't know that there is the one for everybody. This is my opinion. You can disagree. But if you're constantly looking for the one, you're going to say no to a lot of great people. A lot of great people that actually might be good to have in your life. Might be people that God actually wants to use to grow you into the person that he wants you to be. Who actually might be helping you get ready for the person that he ultimately wants you to spend your life with. So if you're constantly judging other people or you're constantly like no that person is not good enough for me or hey that 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 isn't going to work out you're setting yourself up for failure because nobody's ever going to be the one in your life there's no such thing as a mr perfect or miss perfect like everybody has flaws everybody has woundings so what i think you should do is instead just begin to look at people how god sees people and god sees people each and every one of us each and every one of you in this room Even eighth grade Heath with his braces and his bowl cut and everything like that had going on. God sees each and every one of us as his masterpiece, as his handiwork. Ephesians 2.10, one of the most famous verses of scripture says, for we are God's handiwork, other translations say masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a plan for every person. And just because maybe a person is like incompatible with you, or maybe that person doesn't, you know, have the same timeline of commitment or it doesn't work out, doesn't mean that God still isn't working something in their life. And it's why that we want to have as little relationship baggage as possible so that if it doesn't work out with you and another person, you each can go your separate ways and carry as little of that relationship with you as possible into whatever God has next. Because I believe that each and every one of you in this room are created on purpose and for a purpose and that God looks at you and he doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see your flaws. He doesn't see your braces and bowl cut. Like he said with me, he sees his handiwork, he sees a masterpiece. And so the challenge for you guys tonight is to begin to look at your life and think about, hey, what are the games that I'm tempted to play? Which of these things have been true of me in my life? Which of these 10 games sounds like something that I been, have been guilty of before? And your challenge is to begin to change those things. And that's because I believe this. Kids play games. Adults pursue relationships. You guys are all adults, So if you wanna play games, go back to middle school dance. Actually, that would be creepy. Do not go back to a middle school dance. (laughs) The point would be, you should be past that time of life where you're playing the games. Give the games up. Be an adult, be in a relationship. If you wanna be out, have an adult conversation and allow God to lead the way in all of your relationships. Because I believe that no matter where the chips fall, no matter what he has for you in life, that God is working on you and he has a plan for your life. And sure, there might be somebody out there that he wants you to spend your life with. And if not, that's okay. Because no other person is ever gonna complete you. Only God can do that.